Welcome to B2B Needs Don Draper, brought to you by True. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer. We'll be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. Now to our host, Nathan Anibaba. Welcome back to B2B Needs Don Draper, the show that's for B2B marketers who want to be a little bit more stylish, more confident, and a bit more charismatic. I'm your host, Nathan Anibaba, and today we're speaking with Kristin Owens, VP of Corporate Marketing at Checkpoint Software. They're a leading supplier of cybersecurity to governments and enterprises globally. Kristin is responsible for corporate marketing strategy, brand identity, thought leadership content, integrated marketing campaigns, messaging, and communications. Checkpoint are at a really exciting inflection point in their journey. The 30-year-old company is reinventing itself and how they go to market today. So we'll look at their approach to brand and demand marketing and how it's implemented in a company that historically is not used to running above-the-line campaigns. So Kristen Owens, welcome to B2B Needs Don Draper. Hi, Nathan. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. We're super excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for doing it. So first question that we ask all of our guests, what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you? I love this question. And uh, for me, I'm going to take this more from, let's take all the personal drama of Don Draper out of it. And it really comes to his risk taking. He always took risks. I love how he built his life and his career around that. And, you know, we have a saying um, here in our organization, progress, not perfection. And I think that comes with taking risks. You always have to, you know, make that leap, take that jump, make a little bit of progress. Sometimes you do take a few steps back, reset and keep going. And that to me is kind of the essence of what I glean from, you know, being a bit more Don Draper. Well said. We'll come back to that a little bit later because risk-taking is going to be a theme throughout this conversation, I feel. Uh, Being bold and brave is also going to be a theme throughout this conversation. But before we do that, tell our listeners, if they're not familiar already, a little bit about Checkpoint, who you are, a bit about your history and any significant milestones that you'd like to share. Checkpoint is a company with a 30-year heritage here. Um, You know, we've got three decades of, of innovation in cybersecurity. The first decade was you know, really us helping to usher in what the cybersecurity industry is. We are here to, you know, protect people where they live and where they work, right? That's what cybersecurity is about. And, you know, uh, we do that from every single, you know, point of, of your day, right? So think about as you're, you know, waking up in the morning and getting on your phone and checking your email, um, you know, we're protecting you there from phishing scams and, and people trying to get your information and, you know, nefarious actors there, um, you know, all the way to protecting your data and your photos you're storing in the cloud, right? That's from a personal level. You know, for companies, it's all about, you know, protecting their data. Um, and, you know, from a cybersecurity standpoint, I don't think there's anything that, you know, people do during their day that doesn't come into, um, you know, an interface with 
one of our you know pieces of technology. Where is Checkpoint at now? And how are you thinking about sort of reimagining the company for the next age? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So, you know, as I talked about, we've got this great 30-year heritage to build from, and we are very entrepreneurial in spirit, right? Um, Our company is always fast-moving. Changes are happening constantly in the cybersecurity industry, right? I think every day you, uh, you know, open uh, your news app and you're reading about some cybersecurity attack or something that has happened, right? There's never a dull moment. So we always have to keep that kind of startup-y feel, right, with it. But from an inflection point for us, it's, it's all about moving from what we've traditionally been viewed at, which a lot of people hear Checkpoint and think, no, you're the, you're firewalls, right? We know you for that. But to protect across the landscape, we have evolved so much. So our inflection point is around people understanding the full platform um, that we have to offer across cybersecurity into cloud, into users, right? There's a, a whole platform that we've built from our Infinity platform that talks about that protection from end to end. And so for us in a marketing perspective, it's it's about continually evolving our message and really incorporating more of the, you know, the technology um, that's brought us from our, our great beginnings into, you know, where we are today. And so we haven't lost that entrepreneurial spirit. We approach things from a um, prevention first, right? So everybody talks about what they do after they get attacked. We talk about what we do to keep you safe from getting attacked. And so for us, this inflection point is really around telling that story and, and bringing that more to the forefront than I think it has been in the past for us. So what does that mean in terms of your go-to-market? I'd be really interested to understand what does this inflection point mean for the way that you are want to be viewed in the marketplace? How are you telling that story to prospective customers and, and existing customers? You know, just help us unpack what this means for your go-to-market strategy, especially as, as it pertains to brand marketing. You know, as we as we bring our message to market and we talk to uh, you know, our existing customers and our prospects, we really want to talk about their challenges and what they're trying to address. Yes, we have cool technology and our technology can do wondrous things for you, but how is our technology going to help you and make your life better, right? Help your company achieve their objectives and goals and grow, right? Your business. So it's all around explaining, um, you know, those benefits in a way that our customers will find useful and impactful to them as they're making their decisions on which vendors they're going to work with. So, you know, we uh, do a lot across verticals, right? Think about cybersecurity, as we talked about earlier, in every single aspect of your life. So in healthcare, when you're heading to the doctor's office, um, at the gas station, when you're filling up, you know, your gas, um, at your bank, when you're pulling money out, right? All of that is protected by cybersecurity. So for us, it's looking at how do we tell the story through that lens of, you know, the different ways that you're interacting with the technology and how it is protecting you and keeping your data safe. You're right. It's, it's very easy for a technology company like yourself. I mean, you're a technology company selling to other technology companies. So it's, it's tech talking to tech. It's very easy to sort of fall in love with the product, talk technical language, talk 
product language, it's very hard to sort of separate yourself and go, actually, I'm talking to a human being here. How do I bring this message down in, and make it something that is relatable and something that anyone can sort of get on board with? How are you thinking about humanizing that message? So for us, it's all about meeting, you know, the customer where they're at. And that means that we have to show up in different areas than we have in the past. So for example, uh, you know, we've upped the investment that we're making in business outlets, right? From a media perspective. So not just technology and where you go to get technology information, but where are you going to learn about what's happening in the technology industry in the business and specifically cybersecurity. So um, for us, it's really, you know, telling that story in different ways than we have before, doing it through, you know, different uh, outlets and different means. Um, we're also focusing, I'll say, on more that exec to exec engagement, that peer to peer engagement, that personalization. So, yes, we've all done industry events, but um, it's really looking at associations. Where are our customers going? What associations are they going to um, to have conversations, you know, with their peers. Um, you know, the CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, is a very important person in our decision-making process. And so we want to go where the CISO is going. And that is, you know, these different associations that they belong in and inviting them even to some, you know, events that we're putting on to bring meetings of the minds together. So for us, it's really um, trying to, you know, go to places we haven't been in the past, um, to, you know, talk to new people and bring new ideas and into the conversation. A huge amount of your space is really driven by, I would imagine what happens in the Gartner and, and Forrester sort of magic quadrants to a certain extent, always being in those quadrants to the top, to the right hand side, which you notoriously have been, uh, you know, for a very long time now. We've always wondered uh, how much of an impact do those quadrants have on decision-making? Does it make a big difference being there versus not being there? Just, I'd just be interested in your, on your thoughts and experience on that. Yeah, we are in our conversations with the CISOs. We are finding um, that more and more they're being asked by their executive team to look at vendors that are in Gartner Magic Quadrant or the Forrester Wave, right? So I think it's it's very important. And for us, this is why, you know, the heart of our technology is so important. Um, we do a lot of briefings, um, you know, with the analysts and not just Gartner and Forrester, but all, all the way across. And it's very important for us, um, you know, to, to have them understand how we're innovating and where the technology is moving. Uh, and so I find... Um, that that is definitely something that CISOs are looking at. It's something they're being asked to look at. Um, and it's something that we, we lean in hard to. We're very proud of our technology. And uh, as you said, you know, we've, we've been top right in the, you know, for, for a while. We want to stay there. And that's why we continue to innovate. But yes, it definitely is something that um, that plays into the equation. So if you, uh, you know, visit any of our uh, you know, social channels or our website, you will see many accolades, um, you know, coming from the uh, the analysts that we are, you know, putting out there and promoting. So it's readily available for these CISOs as they're making their decisions and looking for information that's right there for them. This, this inflection point and the new go-to-market that you're implementing 
at the moment. How, how much of a radical departure is that from the way marketing was done previously at Checkpoint? And the reason I'm asking is because I'd like to understand sort of what change management is necessary in order to sort of educate internal stakeholders as to the, the benefits of going in a slightly different direction. If you are placing more emphasis on on brand marketing, let's say, or or uh, sports sponsorships, what, what level of uh, sort of education and stakeholder management is needed in order to take senior execs with you who may not be familiar with or comfortable with, you know, doing things that such a radical departure from the way that things were once done? So throughout our, our marketing, you know, history, we have, you know, talked top funnel, mid funnel, bottom funnel, right? And, and we're kind of employing this um, or deploying this new term that we're using here called pre-funnel, <laughs> right? Which is, right. yeah, we want to, we want to get people, um, you know, thinking about us before they even have a project, right? And so for us, it's, you know, how do we um, change up our marketing so that we're getting them before they even have a thought in their idea on their project, right? So getting Checkpoint to resonate with them. And so that's been a big change for our team to think about, you know, when we um, pull together campaigns in our campaign architecture, um, you know, we're a technology company. We've been very focused on the technology, but how do we level up that conversation, right? How do we come at it from more of the, here's what's happening in the market. Again, we've been here for 30 years. We've watched this market go through many ups and downs and inflection points, right? So how do we, you know, talk about what we've seen happen and talk about the point of view of where we see things going in the future? So, you know, for us, um, it's really getting to, you know, to change the approach from not just talking about more of what I'd call that traditional bottom, you know, a funnel, um, you know, the technology piece of it, which is where you want to get, you want to talk about your technology, but how do you talk more about what's happening um, in the market? So for us, um, you know, there's been a lot of, I'll say internal reflection on, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, switch that motion up a little bit and start um, talking more about our point of view. We have great points of view. I mean, you know, we, we've been around and, you know, we have our whole checkpoint research organization that's constantly watching, you know, what's happening in the threat landscape and, you know, how we're adjusting to it. And so for us, it's, I'll take it in three things. And I know this is going to sound somewhat cliche, but bear with me here. People process technology. I know everybody talks about it, but we really take it to heart. It, it's not a cliche for us here. First off, your people. Our people are the heart of what we do. And if they are clear in understanding our strategy and where we're going and um, they are supportive, right, it's going to make this change that much easier. Um, you know, the processes around it. So it's, it's up to us as leaders to really put, um, you know, some great processes, you know, in place so that people can come along on this journey and make sure that um, everybody is, you know, fully functioning um, you know, at their best potential, the, you know, as we make these changes, you know, and then I'll say the technology. So this is a place we're leaning in hard. I don't know if you're hearing this from other folks that you're talking to, but I think every other day I'm getting pitched on a new tool, right. In our, in our Marcom, you know, marketing tech stack, right. But getting the technology in place that really supports 
um, you know, the, the new changes that we're trying to make is so important. And it goes back to that. How do you reach your customer at that pre-funnel stage? Right. Um, we want to know, you know, what are people looking for? What are they researching? How are we then meeting them at that point in their journey? Right. Um, at the right point, talking about the things that they're looking at. When we spoke last time, you said that you were exploring a couple of new channels that were that were new to Checkpoint. Television advertising was one. Podcast ads, I think, was another one that you were you were exploring. I'd just be interested in in understanding sort of how far you've gotten with those. What what sort of experiments and tests have you seen? How how well have they performed for you so far? Yeah, it's going great. So um, that comes into play as, you know, we, we look to increase the awareness of Checkpoint as more than, you know, what people have traditionally thought us to be, right? We talked earlier about that full platform of, of um, you know, uh, technology that we offer. And so to do that, the first thing we need to do is we really need to, to build the awareness of, of Checkpoint. And so that's why we said, you know what, we want to do more TV. We want to do more um, podcast advertising. And yes, we've started and we're seeing great results so far. Um, we've seen significant increases in, you know, visits to our website. Because, um, of course, every time you do an ad, you've got to put your checkpoint.com in there. And so, you know, mm-hmm. for us, we're seeing it. We're seeing more people visiting. We've seen increase in our social media followers as well. And so for us, it was, you know, it was a little bit of a leap because it's something that our company traditionally had mm. not done. Um, I mean, it's not a little bit, but not in the scale that we're doing it at now. Um, and it's definitely helping uh, to increase our awareness with the customers. Because as marketers, you know, this is what I always say to my sales, my sales um, counterparts is my job is to make sure that when your sales team picks up that phone and calls somebody, they go, oh, yeah, checkpoint. I know you. I saw your ad or I heard your ad on my podcast I was listening to the other day, which goes back to this whole meeting our customer where they are. Right. So think about your day. Right. You're listening to a podcast or you're watching, you know, a TV show and ads are popping up. So we want to be there. We want to be there in their daily lives, not just, you know, sending them emails and hoping, you know, that they open our email that we sent them to their work email. No, we want to meet them in their days, um, you know, throughout their day. So, you know, we've, we've seen some really, really great results from our initial, um, you know, investment in those areas. More to come. <laughs> and how do you think about splitting sort of resources between the more sort of brand advertising, TV, podcast ads, et cetera, versus bottom of the funnel, uh, sort of more immediate demand driven activities? How, how do you think about splitting resources and budget between those two? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because we have had a lot of discussion around this and I would say it's not the same answer depending on the day you talk to me, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, we, you know, this is, this is the thing we're trying to make, you know, quick real-time decisions based on data and measurement. So we're moving ourselves to be a more data centric organization And so we are regularly measuring, you know, the impact that we're having, whether it be in, you know, that brand awareness area or whether it's in, you know, the the pure demand gen area. Um, So for us, 
it's it's kind of this I'll I'll call it like a like a sine wave, right? You know, you you bring things up and then you bring it down and bring it up and bring it down, you know, based on the results that you're getting. And so we're really leaning in on building our our awareness. So we're putting a little bit more investment in some of that, you know, top top advertising. Um but we're we're not stopping with what we're doing in our um you know, demand gen type of activities as well. So it's, I say it's these levers that we pull, right? And um, sometimes we ramp up on, you know, uh, awareness campaigns. Sometimes we ramp up on demand gen campaigns. You know, we're starting to invest a lot more in ABM. So we're really going with that one-to-one and one-to-few type of approach um, in, as a part of our evolution, right? And not just the spray and pray, <laughs> How much of a challenge has it been to educate other stakeholders in the business about moving more towards the the brand side of things? Has has it been much of a challenge at all? Uh, you know, has it have you been pushing against much of an open door in in that way, or have people been looking at the TV advertising and podcast advertising and going, "Huh, why why are we doing that?" It's been quite the opposite. Um, <laughs> people are so excited to see our ads. And they're like, great. Oh my gosh, I, I got a, a, a WhatsApp from someone the other day that was watching YouTube and paused the screen. Cause our, our ad came up right on YouTube and sent me a picture and said, Oh my gosh, I see this. This is great. This is an employee, right. Who is very proud to see it. Love it. We need to have, as we've established, we need to have a, a mix of, of, of communication between the rational left brain and the more sort of creative em- empathic sort of right brain communication. And, and you've obviously articulated that you're spending a lot more time at the moment at the top of the funnel, yeah. but, but knowing when to entertain and when to charm and when to seduce and when to actually cut to the chase and, and, and deliver rational messages can be hard sometimes to figure out sort of, you know, when do you do that? Mm-hmm. How, how do you make those decisions between when to charm and seduce and entertain and sort of when to cut to the chase? Wow, that's a really great question. And you know, when I when I think about reaching the decision makers at your customer, they are concerned with solving, you know, a particular business challenge. And they're not always looking at it from just the pure technology. They're looking at it from the creativity of solving the challenge. So for us, being able to show them that we have that creativity and we're able to think out of the box in addressing your challenge. And it's not just a bits and bytes, ones and zeros, right. Um, type of approach. So that's where I get, you know, real excited in what we're doing here because, you know, we, we can at times lean in and have that creative conversation. Um, and then at times, okay, let's get down to the, you know, the rubber meets the road and the infrastructure that you've got to set up and what's the technology that'll fit this gap and that gap. Has there been any, B2B marketing or even consumer marketing that you just looked at from competitors or other tech brands that you just looked at and gone, wow, like, I wish, I wish we did that. I wish we could do that. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, from a a competitor, just anything that you've just come across that you look at kind of enviously and, and you want to sort of emulate or, or replicate, you know, what, what stands out to you as good B2B marketing? I would say it's someone who is able to instantly get their message across and have it stay with you. 
So I've seen a few things where I go, wow, I got that in five seconds, right? And I think sometimes, you know, we all want to give the big complicated message because we have so much great stuff to say that, you know, what could be said in 10 words gets said in 100, right? Right. And so for me, when I see those types of things from, um, you know, the, the market, it means to go, how can I do, how can I do that? How can I get my message across and, and be very succinct and have it resonate? Does any particular brand come to mind? I mean, this is an oldie, but a goodie. And I actually don't know now. I don't even know if it was an actual ad campaign now that I think about it, but it was the, uh, you know, nobody ever got fired for buying IBM, mm. right? It just kind of stuck with you. And I, you know, it's the, yeah, you're right. It's a solid company, solid, you know, technology. And, you know, for me, that was real simple and it made it personal, right? Making it personal for the person on the other end uh, is definitely, um, it's key, right? Because if it's personal, then you remember it. Absolutely love that. Okay, Kristen, going into our speed round now, <laughs> this is the part that I've been looking forward to for the whole, whole interview. You know nothing about these questions that I'm about to ask you. So I'm going to say, respond intuitively from the gut. Don't think too much about it. These are meant to be short, sharp, quick questions and answers. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Advertising or ABM? ABM. Logic or magic? I'm going to go logic. What's the problem with B2B right now? Too many people talking about themselves. (laughs) How would Don Draper fix the problem? He'd make it simple, but significant. Oh, well said. Uh, What's the last memorable advert that you can think of? TV, online, social media, whatever. (laughs) I'm laughing. It's it's an advertisement that they did for Aviation Gin, Ryan Reynolds. Where they just have gold. Oh, it's bold, and I and I love it. And and uh, you know, but I mean, that's that's the the culture of that that company, right? He can he can do that thing. But I know this is supposed to be quick round, but you know, it was the recent ad that he did with uh, not Rob McElhenney, but the other Rob, uh, Matchbox Twenty Rob, Rob Thomas. Okay, (laughs) it had me it had me cracking up. It had me cracking up. Really? Yeah. All you, all you had to say was Ryan Reynolds I, to me. And, you know, I'm a fan. I know. I know. They do <laughs> great work fan. over there at Maximum Effort or Mountain. They do. Yes, they do. They really do. <laughs> he's he's brilliant. Again, it's he keeps it simple and he, he makes it, you know, resonate. Definitely. Definitely. And final question. What's your favorite Don Draper quote or moment? I said it earlier. I'll say it again. Make it simple, but significant. Well said. Kristen Owens, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Nathan. This was fun. I'm Nathan Anibaba. See you next time on B2B Needs Don Draper. Find out more at trueagency.com slash podcast.